Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 30. We are going through a sermon series here looking at a man named Hezekiah. Today's message is going to teach us about in everything we do, we are to put God first in our lives. That is so critical, so important for us to be able to do this. And it sounds easy, but this is very, very difficult in many of our lives, in my life. And it's easy for us in many ways to lose focus. And not only that, to see in many ways the real need. I'll give you all a perfect example of, of just an example of the past couple of years have occurred right here in Fayette County, in Large City, Lexington. Our coroner had a news story. His name is Gary Jim. And we've, the past two years, year and a half, we've been focusing on COVID, which is rightfully true. But do you know there's another crisis going on in our city? And that's with overdoses, drug overdoses. The past two years have over doubled. It is rampant. In fact, if you're under 60, you are not, you're more likely to die from a drug overdose than COVID. It is the highest it's ever been in our city. Drug addiction. It's all around us. And the coroner was talking about it and the local EMS director, Carlos Kroll, said the greatest minds in the world are working on this problem. He's talking about the drug problem here. And again, we're just losing ground. Parents, grandparents, you want to definitely, you don't want your children to get COVID, but you also do not want them addicted to drugs. In fact, that's what's killing young folks. That's what's destroying lives, is the addiction issues all around. This is why baby dedication Sunday school, bringing your children to church, making sure they're around godly friends, godly influences. Because if they're not, the devil wants to destroy your family's life. He wants them addicted. He wants them OD. He wants them in the, the grave, the pit of addiction. Probably everyone, we won't raise our hand for this, probably every one single one of us has a family member that is wrestling with this issue, that has squandered all their wealth, that has just lived a life of turmoil because of addiction, no stability, constantly going in and out of rehab in the hospital, overdosing. It's terrible. And God is telling us, we're going to see here, that when you live in a culture of so many problems, so many cultural sins, our only hope, I want to tell you, this addiction issue, only the gospel is going to say, government's not going to stop addiction. There's not going to be. Nothing Washington can do is going to pass some laws, spend some money. That's not going to stop Matthews. This is a spiritual darkness problem that folks are in bondage of alcoholism of drug addiction and they need to be set free by the power of Jesus Christ and that's what the gospel does in your life 
can do it in your life. It can do it in your children and grandchildren's life. And we're going to see here a spiritual renewal that occurred. This is a revival message here. It's what occurs when you put God first in your life. Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 18. A large number of the people, many from Ephraim, Manasseh, Isachar, and Zebulon, were ritually unclean. We'll explain what that means. They were starting back to have the Passover. Remember, if you were here last week, you can go online last watch last week's message. Last week we talked about this man named Hezekiah. He's the good king of Judah. He followed a terrible example of a father named Ahaz. His father was ruthless. He killed children. He worshipped idols. He closed down the churches. It was a terrible time for Israel and Judah under Ahaz's leadership. He passed away and his son Hezekiah came to power. Hezekiah was the exact opposite of his father. Last week we saw how your, your upbringing, even if you did not receive a godly heritage, even if you were not dedicated to the Lord, you want to have an ideal Christian family. My parents celebrated their golden anniversary yesterday, 50 years. My parents have not been divorced. I was dedicated to the Lord. I attended Sunday school. I just came up through the Southern Baptist pipeline in my life. Coming to church, Sunday school, VBS, you do it all. That's God's plan for your, your children and your grandchildren. They need to be here when the doors are open. But everybody doesn't have that opportunity. Every child isn't dedicated to the Lord. But there's hope because Hezekiah is example. Hezekiah's dad was pretty lousy. But he was not, as a young man, when he was 20 years old, he made, took a different path in life. Even if you did not have a godly upbringing, that does not mean your, your, your upbringing has to determine your future. You can choose to follow the Lord even if you weren't blessed to have a Christian heritage as a child. And Hezekiah did that. He chose the Lord. He brought spiritual renewal. First thing he did is reopen church. That's usually step one. Revival. You want personal revival in your life? What do you do? You go to church. That's where it begins. You don't experience revival at home, sitting around. You don't lose weight in the kitchen. I mean, there's just things that happen in your life. that They're just common sense principles. And if you want to experience the power of God, guys, it occurs right here. This is where it's at. God, you come into this sanctuary and the Lord speaks to you. Hezekiah, he started bringing back the Passover. They haven't had the Passover in years. And Hezekiah, the northern kingdom, it had already been, they had gone wicked also and God had demolished it. And some of the people, they wanted to start, Hezekiah was one of those guys who was like, oh, look, everybody come to my church. I'm reopening the temple. Even you, the northern split up there. Y'all are welcome to come back to Jerusalem to worship. Let's have the Passover. Even though we're a divided kingdom, we can come to church and worship together. And he started doing that. Well, the people started showing up. Well, they were ceremonially unclean. Means they, they just didn't know what to do. That's like all of a sudden revival starts 
breaking out here in our church in people that smell like alcohol, people that show up with meth uh, scars, all putting needles in their arms, starts walking in. You go, well, these folks are different. Well, this is the place to get saved. This is the place to meet the Lord. So some different type of people started coming to church. And that's what's occurring here. There's what we call in the Bible, in the Old Testament, ceremonially unclean. Keep going here in your Bibles. And it says here, they were ritually unclean, yet they had eaten the Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah had interceded for them, saying, May the good Lord provide atonement on behalf of whoever sets his whole heart on seeking God. Being Hezekiah was such a godly man. Even though these people were richly unclean, he prayed to the Lord because the Lord was good. He says, God, you know these people's heart. They didn't, they, they, these, these folks are off the street. They don't know all the rules. They broke every single rule. Hezekiah prayed for them. And God answered that prayer. This is a good man. This is a revival right here. And it says in verse 19, Whoever sets his whole heart on seeking God, the Lord, the God of his ancestors, even though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. So the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. They were healed. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem observed the festival of unleavened bread seven days with great joy. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day after day with loud instruments. Every day, there's this celebration going on. They're coming to church. They're using their instruments. They're praising Jesus. They're excited. Goes on to say, verse 22, Then Hezekiah, look at, look at this man. He encouraged. He had the ministry of encouragement. All the Levites, remember who are Levites? They're junior priests. That's who they are. They aren't quite to the level of priests. They're like a, a junior deacon. They're coming up the pipeline, but they're not quite there yet. They're, they're, the Levites, he encouraged all the Levites who performed skillfully before the Lord. They ate at the appointed festival for seven days, sacrificing fellowship offerings and giving thanks to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. It had been a long time since they had held this feast because the temple had been closed. This is a big deal. Folks got their jobs back. The whole congregation decided to observe seven more days, meaning the folks realized it's been so long since we've been to church. We're going to extend it another week. The revival will continue. So they observed seven days with joy, for King Hezekiah of Judah contributed 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for the congregation. I mean, he's providing the offering. Do you know when revival occurs, it affects your checkbook and your pocketbook? They were the king, even he, he was writing a check. He was giving his animals. They were presenting a gift to God because they were experiencing spiritual renewal. Also, latter part of verse 24, the officials contributed 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep for the congregation. And the many priests consecrated themselves. Then the whole assembly of Judah with the priests and the Levites the whole assembly came from Israel. I mean, all over. He, he's bringing everybody back together. And those who were living in Judah rejoiced. There was great rejoicing in Jerusalem. For nothing like this had been known since the days of Solomon, son of David, the king of Israel. That was over a hundred years ago. It had been a long time since the revival. It's been a long time for a revival here in America. 
We're in desperate need. I mean, just what I shared right here in our city. In our city, I want y'all to understand. Lexington. This year, 2021, we're gonna we're on pace for an all-time record for murders and an all-time record for drug overdose deaths. I mean, people die of drug overdose. 2021. Are things getting better? Yeah. When you see that, when you hear about that, folks, that should drive us to realize these, these folks need Jesus. That's, that is the only person who's going to change these people's hearts. Drugs and murder, crime, it would be changed by the power of the gospel. This city is a mission field. Right here, Fayette County. The needs are enormous. And that was these folks, they were experiencing revival. When folks experience revival, it changes who they are. Because all of a sudden they were wicked, they were not going to church, they were disobedient to the Lord, and they've turned from that lifestyle and they've turned to God. Government can't solve these problems. Laws won't solve these problems. Only Jesus. The problem is always sin. The solution is always Jesus. And that's the case we're in today. Hezekiah knew this. He's putting God first. He's bringing people back to church. Saying, let's come and have a worship service. Let's put God first in our life. Let's extend the festival another week. Let's offer our offerings. Let's bring in the the abandoned northern tribes. They're welcome to come back to Jerusalem and worship too. Since the days of Solomon had this not occurred over a hundred years ago. It goes on to say, verse 27, Then the priests and the Levites stood to bless the people. And look at this. And God heard them. And their prayer came into His dwelling place in heaven. When all this was completed, all Israel who had attended went out to the cities of Judah and broke up the sacred pillars, chopped down the ashtaraples. This is what folks do. When you experience renewal from the Lord, you walk away changed. You go back into your city and go, what is this trash and filth all around? Why do we have these ashtaraples? They're talking about places for idol worship. It was all over Israel. And they start chopping down those poles. This is all of a sudden the man who gets saved who goes home and starts throwing away the immorality that's plaguing in his home. Getting rid of drugs, alcohol, pornography, garbage on TV, cutting the cable, as they say. Whatever it takes to change their life. You're seeing that. They come out and they're different. They start chopping down their high places and altars throughout Judah and Benjamin as well as Ephraim and Manasseh to the last one. Then all the Israelites returned to their cities, each to his own possession. That is a spiritual revival. Revival occurred here under Hezekiah's leadership. They went home and they started changing their life. I have a Bible verse up here out of the book of Isaiah. I want you to look at it. It's on the screen. Isaiah 5.20. Isaiah was a contemporary of Hezekiah. Isaiah prophesied during the, Heze- during the 
reign of Hezekiah. And look what he described. Isaiah describes when you know your, when you know your city, when you know your, when you know your culture as headed for collapse. Do you know when you're headed for collapse? You're headed for collapse is when what you call something good, bad. And then when you call something bad, good. Literally, it's like opposite day. The exact opposite is current. Look what God's Word says here. This is Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those who call evil good. Something that is evil, we're calling it good. And woe to those who call good evil. Who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's a reversal there. Isaiah is saying, when you live in a town, a country, a state, that has reversed everything, good becomes evil, evil becomes good. Woe to you. Woe means you will be judged. God brings judgment. A woe. That's what a woe is. It's like a curse. When opposite day occurs in your city, in your community, God does not let sin go unpunished. There are consequences for evil. We as Americans, for the evil in our country, we will pay a price. The immorality all around us. And it is. And that is what happens here with Hezekiah. He comes to power and he immediately brought renewal by bringing people to church to worship. Yesterday I was in Columbia, Tennessee. That's in southern Tennessee. Went down there to meet my parents and I visited President, former President, James K. Polk's house. He only served for four years. He was a dark horse president. He actually did a lot. He started the U.S. Postal Service and he annexed over, not just annexed, he got it by war, by beating Mexico, over one million of acres. In fact, because we have California, you can thank President Polk for California. All that land out west came from him back in the, before the Civil War, back in 1840, late 1840s. So we get the 1849s. Let me tell you what happened, what James K. Polk did. He was born in North Carolina. He was raised in Tennessee, became the governor, a congressman out of Tennessee, then became president. James K. Polk was president about 11, 12 years before the Civil War started. And this is what, he did something, and I believe it's a lot of times what we do the same. Have you ever heard that phrase where you kick the can down the road? If you've ever lived out in the country, you just walk around a little country road, and there's trash laying around, and you're bored, you're a child, and you start kicking the can down the road. You, just, you don't want to pick up trash because then you have to carry it. So this is better to just leave it laying around. That was back when everybody used to drink, I guess, cocaine. So you just kick it on down the road. Well, the issue for President Polk back in the 18, late 1840s was slavery. Because they were annexing all this land back then. And the biggest question was, are this new land, this new territory, California, Arizona, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Texas, is this going to be... Is, are these going to be slave states? President Polk did something. And it solved a temporary problem, but it kicked the can down the road. He put a gag order on Congress. You were not allowed to talk about slavery. 
because it was such a hot button issue. It was so contentious leading up to the Civil War. The best thing to do is to let's pretend it's not there and to never speak about it. It was, a, it was actually like a real gag order. You could not talk about slavery in Congress leading up to the Civil War. That was from President Polk. Well, it didn't go away. I share this because this is what it's like for our lives. Problems, spiritual problems, do not just go away. Sin doesn't just go away. Hezekiah chopped down. He removed the high places. He disbanded idol worship. He brought the people back to church. Pretending a problem isn't there does not solve the problem. Listen, you're here this morning and you know God is speaking to you. You know you need to get saved. The answer is not next Sunday, next month, next year. God's speaking to you now. You respond to the gospel now. Hezekiah, the first thing he did, he came to the kingship there in Israel and he reopened the church and he brought everyone back in and started observing the Passover. He didn't say, we'll deal with it down the road. If there is sin in your personal life and if there's sin here in America, and there is rampant sin everywhere, God wants us to deal with it. You need to know where you stand on certain issues. You need to know where the Bible stands. So what are you talking about, Pastor? Where do you stand? Somebody asked you what you believe on abortion. What do you say? Where do you stand on same-sex marriage and homosexuality? Where do you stand on the issues of racism? Where do you stand on the issues of immigration? The Bible speaks to all of these. Where do you stand on politics? Have you allowed it to be divisive in your life? Knowing the gospel is the only, only thing that will change America. Not politics. Nothing Washington will do. God wants you and I to experience the same type of renewal that Hezekiah did. We cannot live lives kicking the can down the road. Gag orders don't work. I once met someone who told me when he found out I was a preacher and we were having a conversation. He says, yeah, I, I, I'll talk about everything except for religion. That's what the guy was telling me. He, you know, he's kind of abrasive a little bit with it. He said, I talk about everything except religion and politics. And, and you might say that. You might try to live that way. But the truth is, at some point, you have to know where you stand. And you need to know what the Bible says about it. And you want to be convictional about it. God is looking for you and I to be able to stand on His Word. Because listen, if you can't stand here in this sanctuary, Broadway Baptist Church, you sure aren't going to be able to stand out there. Guys, if you can't follow Jesus here, how on earth are you going to be able to follow at UK or at work or at school where it's ten times more difficult? God's looking for us to be Hezekiahs, to be men and women of conviction. He did not apologize for destroying the idol worship. What idol worship? I want to read for you. Last verse I'm going to read here. Then we're going to have our invitation. 
Second uh, Chronicles 31.1. In fact, I want to look at this. This is what happens when you put God first in your life. This is Second Chronicles 31, verse 1. When all this was completed, I mean, we brought people back to church. We're, putting, we're restoring a relationship with the Lord. This is what people do. This can happen in your life. All Israel who attended went out to the cities, meaning they left Jerusalem. They went back home, and they went home changed. And they broke up the sacred pillars. These are idols. They would be in little cities, these little pillars to worship false gods. They got rid of them. They destroyed them. They chopped down the Ashtoreth poles. They literally got their axe and said, there's no place for this anymore. My home, not in my town, not in my city. Say, where does this happen? Their home? No, this is the city. What do we need to destroy here in our city? Because this rat, it's, it's destroying lives. Young people's lives, they're more likely to die. Not of COVID here. They're going to OD on drugs. That's how, it, it, that's how children die here in Lexington. That's how young adults die. They chopped down these asteroid poles and tore down the high places and altars throughout Judah and Benjamin, as well as all of Ephraim and Manasseh to the last one. Then all the Israelites returned to their own cities, each to his own possession. They went home and they cleaned house. And I'm telling you this morning, and we're going to end on this. You want to experience God first in your life? Some of you need to put, be a Hezekiah and you need to clean your house. Any type of sin, whether that comes through the computer, whether it's in the refrigerator, whether it's stored away in the closet, on the phone, on the internet, there is moral filth in your home or your grandkids' homes, wherever it's at. And you need to walk around and just say, there's no place for this. Spiritual revival results in a clean house. You come here this morning, you experience the power and the presence of God, you go home this afternoon saying things are about to change. When you want to start losing weight, you start changing the way you're eating. You experience spiritual renewal, you change, you throw away, you get rid of things at home. These things that have been plaguing me, I'm now going to be different. I'm going to invite you to respond to the gospel. God is calling you to change. He wants you to put Him first in His life. Remember, like I said, if you can't stand here, you're not going to be able to stand out there. You come here this morning and stand for Jesus. So let's stand together. We're going to stand up. Tim's going to come lead us in a song. Brother Herb, why don't you come down front here and you come stand with me. If you want to join Broadway Baptist Church, if you want to get saved this morning, we have baptism in two weeks at the creek. If you want to get baptized, there's no reason anyone should not be baptized following in believers' baptism. You walk forward right now. Stand for Jesus. Come take Brother Hurt's hand and say, I'm ready to follow the Lord. All right, Tim.